Well, good morning, everybody. It's always good to be with you in person and with those that are watching online. Um, this is going to be the last sermon on uh, this series of God's Will. I promise this is it, all right, for the last time. I, I won't continue on, but uh, this is it. I, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have, too. We've spent um, the better part of two months looking at really just one small set of verses um, in the Bible. And if you're new, if you're here for the first time, or maybe you're not new and you've missed some, you can go online and you can always catch up with those. You can listen to the um, audio version of it. You can watch the video version of it. You can go to YouTube and watch it um, there on our YouTube channel. So lots of ways to stay informed and stay connected and get caught up if you'd like. But uh, again, we've been focused on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, which simply says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so what we've discovered and, and um, just hopefully begun to apply to our lives is that first and foremost, God's will is for us to be in a relationship with him, for us to be followers of Jesus Christ. That is God's will for all of us, first and foremost. That's got to be at the, at the core of who we are. And then from there, what we've seen is that God's will for us is, is for us to be joyful people, to rejoice always, and for us to be prayerful people, to pray continually, and then finally, to be thankful people, to give thanks in all circumstances. Now, I, I want you just to think about that for a moment. That God's will, God's will for you is for you to be in a relationship with him. Like first and foremost, that's what he cares about the most. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants you to be a follower of Jesus. That's God's will for you. That's God's will for you. And, and he wants that so desperately that he's willing to sacrifice his one and only son so that you and I might enter into that relationship. Think about how special that makes you, how dear you are to God, how loved you are by God. And, and if that weren't enough, he says beyond that, I, I want you to be joyful. I, I want you to be so full of joy. I, I want you to be prayerful people so that we are in constant communication with one another. I, I, I want you to be thankful, thankful to look around at all that I've given you. That's God's will for us. And it's available to us, again, through Jesus Christ. And yet, um, it, it's sad when you, you think about it, most of the world has rejected Jesus. Most of the world has rejected God's will for them and um, settled for something much less. And I, I know it breaks God's heart because it, it breaks my heart to see people who, who have missed out on all that God has for them. And yet that's the truth. Now, um, what we want to do is just focus this morning on, on what it looks like for these things to work together, for us to be more joyful and more prayerful and thankful. And, and it's a beautiful thing when you see how they all connect together um, I think if you look at the world around us, most people want to be happy. Wouldn't you say? Like most people um, 
want to be happy. You see that in social media posts. You hear it all the time that um, even not only want to be happy, but I think most people feel they deserve to be happy, like they are owed happiness, that God owes us happiness, or the government owes us happiness, or other people owe us happiness, that we deserve to be happy. And, and yet, I don't know that that's true. I don't know that that's true. I, I don't know that we deserve to be happy or that anybody owes us happiness. I don't even know that uh, it's God's will for us to be happy. You know what I do know is that it's God's will for us to be joyful. See, and there's a difference between happiness and joyfulness. Happiness and joyfulness. Because happiness is based on your circumstances, isn't it? And it's ever fleeting. So if your circumstances are good, then you are happy. And if your circumstances aren't good, then you're unhappy. See, it's fleeting. It's based on your circumstances. But God's will is for you and for I to be joyful to be joyful, to be joyful regardless of our circumstances. That is God's will for us. And so I think he wants more for us than simply happiness. He he wants joyfulness for us. And it's a choice. Do we want to be joyful or not? And if we want to be joyful, then we need to begin with this relationship with Jesus. And if you haven't done that, if you've put that off for whatever reason, then today's the day to make that happen to choose Jesus, to invite him into your life, and to embrace him, and then see how that doesn't lead to becoming more prayerful, more thankful, and more joyful, because those all work together. Now, um, again, it has to begin with that relationship with Jesus. We've talked about this many times. Like when you, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you invite him into your life. He comes in, in a personal way. He comes and he places his spirit, his Holy Spirit within you. And one of the beautiful things that we've talked about many times is that when the Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't come alone. He comes bearing gifts, these things called the fruit of the Spirit. And, and Galatians 5.22 talks about some of these specific fruit. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is this. It's love and joy and peace and patience and it's goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and kindness and self-control. It's all of these. These are fruit of the Spirit. And yet, um, while you receive all this fruit, so when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you receive all this fruit, specifically joy in this case. You have it, but for it to abound... You have to do something. You have to cultivate it, right? Like if you have a, a fruit tree, you have to take care of it if it's going to bear much fruit. And so um, we need to see how God has, has intentionally just created us to um, link prayerfulness with thankfulness that leads to joyfulness. He's got it linked together. And again, you have all of this fruit within you when you become a follower of Jesus But it's a matter of of developing it and helping it to grow so that you abound in the fruit, so that you abound in joy. Now, two weeks ago, I learned something about this. So I'm in the midst of preaching through this sermon series, and and I got home from church, and Carolyn, my wife, um, said, hey, Stephanie Cram gave me this book. And Stephanie's a, a fellow church person here, and she's been here for a little while, and uh, she showed it to me, and it's called The Branches on My Invisible Tree. 
And it goes on and says, it's a children's story about thankfulness. Now, Carolyn is a teacher. She's been a teacher for a number of decades now. And currently, yeah, that wasn't meant to be too funny, but uh, I mean, like many decades, that's how old she is. But the... Um, but anyhow, so she's, she's an elementary school teacher, but now she is currently the guidance counselor at Greenfield Elementary School. And so I don't know why, I never, haven't even asked Stephanie why she gave it to Carolyn, but I thought, well, that's nice. You know, that's probably something Carolyn could use as a teacher and she could share with her students and could be very helpful. And then I didn't think much else of it. And then the next morning I came to the church office and Sutton is there and he greets me and he says, hey, I, I want you to see this book that Stephanie Cram gave me. And I'm like, well, Carolyn got one of those books too and, and, and you got one? And yet I didn't get one? The, uh, anyhow, try not to be hurt too bad. But then he, he's like, no, you know what? This ties directly with your sermon series. It, it's all about thankfulness and how that connects with joyfulness and whatnot. And I was like, wow, really? And he's like, you should read it. And I was like, okay. So lots of people give me books to read. There's lots of you that think I should do a lot of things, right? And so uh, anyhow, um, I picked it up and I looked and, and I started flipping through here and I saw all these beautiful little um, illustrations and that there were very few words on each page. And I was like, I'll read it. <laughs> and so I did. It took like five minutes, you know, and I, and I read it. And, and when I finished reading, I was like, this is really incredible. This does a beautiful job of showing us how God has created us to ultimately be joyful people. And I was thinking, everybody needs to get this. Like, not just if you're a parent and you have children, because I, I don't think, while, while it's marketed as a children's book, I think this is like an every person kind of book, right? That's why I always tell folks, when you first come to, to become a follower of Jesus, and, and maybe you're going to read the Bible. What Bible should you start with? A children's Bible. Start with a children's Bible because it just makes it very simple, very plain, and, and we're all children at heart. And so this is a great book. I'm going to commend it to you and recommend it to you that everybody should probably pick one of these up, and they're going to be available in the lobby um, right after the service, and Stephanie will be there. But um, as I was looking through it, I was thinking, you know, I need to talk about this, and so I planned to talk about it last week, but as I was um, writing the message out, I realized I just wasn't going to be able to do it justice, that I needed more time, and so I decided to extend the series to today so that we could look at this specifically. And then I started going through it and doing a little bit more of my own research on this and trying to figure out how am I going to communicate what Stephanie was trying to communicate in here, and I determined that I'm probably not going to do a great job of it. You know, what would be better than me talking about Stephanie's book than Stephanie talking about Stephanie's book? So I called her. Reluctantly, um, she agreed. You know, never, somebody else has shared this before. If I call, don't answer it. Like, the, uh, if, unless you like public speaking and you want to get up in front of the church. Because I was like, Stephanie, how are you doing? Great. You know, what about this? Let me ask you a couple questions. And then at the end, I was like, hey, would you mind sharing that with the whole church? And she's like, well... Sure. <laughs> and so I want to invite Stephanie to come up. She is going to share um, a little bit with us, and I think it's going to be tremendous. So have a seat. I try to make this as painless as possible. Yeah, you want to move away from me. I, <laughs> I won't take offense to that either. 
Hey, tell us, Stephanie, so you're newer to the church and a lot of people don't know you. Tell everybody a little bit about you, maybe your family and, and all of that. I'm Stephanie Cram, and um, I grew up in Roanoke. My Are we dad, on? Make sure you're... Am I on? I'm make sorry. sure the green light is... Awesome. Sorry, can there you hear me go. now? Okay. okay. Um, I grew up in Roanoke. My dad is a counselor, so I had the rare privilege of having parents that really lived out their faith in front of me. And um, my dad's favorite verse is Philippians 4, 4 to 8. And so he said that to us all the time growing up, but he didn't just say it, he really lived it out. So I had that rare privilege of being in a family that really... Um, lived out what they said they believed. And um, we have four boys, Gabriel, Rivers, Micaiah, and Jude. They're 12, eight, five, and 16 months. And let's see, we, um, we lived in Thailand for a while, for about five years, and helped start a children's ministry there um, for kids that were at risk of trafficking and abuse. And now we're back in the States. We passed that over to some Thai friends of ours, and we're helping that from afar. And, yeah, we're happy to be here at Orchard Hills. That's great. Now, yeah. I found that fascinating, the whole Thailand kind of thing. So tell us, what led you to, to write this book? Why did you feel there was a need for this book? Um, well, I think initially it was my dad, just that living that out in front of me. And then also in college and graduate school, just learning about thankfulness and about the brain and how the brain can actually change itself. Like we can choose um, how we're going to think and then that um, actually changes us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so some books that impacted me were, there's this book called Thanks by Robert Emons. And it's all about that. And then Ann Voskamp's book, 1,000 Gifts. Gotcha. Just really trying to live that out and apply it to marriage and family. Um, that I saw that changing me personally as I you know, went through hard things, especially miscarriages and things like that. I just saw um, the power of that in my own life. And then in Thailand, um, I was able to lead some therapy groups for children. And for there was one group for moms. Um, who had been through a lot of trauma. And I was trying to think of really practical ways to explain some of these things about the brain and about how we can overcome trauma. And um, so I was trying to think of creative hands-on ways because I didn't know Thai very well at all. We just moved there, and I was doing it through a translator. And so um, I just had the picture of this tree that every Thanksgiving we would pull out this tree, which a lot of people probably do this where you write things you're thankful for on the branches. And I thought, that's a really good picture of what our brain does um, as we're forming new neural pathways. They're strengthened, and yeah, that's kind of how I thought about it. And so what we're, like you, you said, you were working with some of these children and adults as well. What were some of the things that they were dealing with? Um, there was a couple moms that just struggled with a lot of anger and um, reactive like abuse. And um, actually several of them were ex-convicts. Um, probably not completely their fault that they were put in jail, but just a lot of really, really tough 
situations that they grew up in. So neglect and abuse. And so what did you learn about the brain? This is what I found incredibly fascinating that ties to happiness and joy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I said, the brain, depending on what you think about, the brain will form new neural pathways. And so the more you think about a certain thing, the stronger that pathway becomes and the more naturally you're going to keep thinking about it. So we get to kind of choose the direction that we're going to go. Um, and God designed it so that it's almost like a medicine for your brain, for your life, like a balm almost. Um, like so, bath bombs? Yeah, whatever. Oh. Whatever's. Or those bath bombs. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, so Romans 12 too, like let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think really ties into neuroscience and therapy. It all just ties together. So I think that's cool. Yeah, so what we read in the Bible, specifically like you're talking about in Romans 12, is true physiologically. And we create these, we have these neural pathways. That's what I found incredibly, you know, just intriguing. Um, so how do, how do you take that and apply it to your life and, and maybe practically the, the life of your family, especially with your children? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're not perfect at it, and I still complain inside, and my kids complain, but we try. Um, we do this thankful tree year-round now just because I know that it's not something just for Thanksgiving, but probably once a week we'll just write down things we're thankful for. Or even like in the car, if we're at a stoplight, we might see how big of a thankful tree we can make before the light turns green. Um, so everybody just goes around and says what they're thankful for. And then my boys have these journals that, um, just prayer journals, but they always have things that they're thankful for. Um, but I guess a big thing for me in parenting is that I don't want to try to force happiness into like painful situations or frustrations because I think that can have the opposite effect Um, but rather I think of thankfulness as like kind of just an awareness of God's presence and just inviting him into every moment Um, and as we do that we we change so yeah it's not always just a list of things although that's really good and helpful but it's more of a mindset right that's great. Well, thank you. No problem. Thank All you. right. Give it up for Stephanie. So I don't know about you, but I find this fascinating that when I, what I read in the Bible is actually true in our bodies and our minds and our spirits, that when God says his will for us is to be in a relationship with him and for us to be prayerful, thankful, and joyful people. He created our bodies, our minds, and our spirits like that. And so if we come to understand this, that's what I found so fascinating is is with these neural pathways. If you begin to think and pray about all that you're thankful for, if you begin to increase your thankfulness, then it creates this pathway to joyfulness. And so the more you know, thankful you are, the more joyful you will become. Isn't that amazing? And that's how God created us. He created us with um, each and every one of us. We have this innate um, desire to know God. 
you know, we are all wondering, <clears throat> is there a God? Who created us? How does this work? And so God innately placed that within us. And then he created us with this ability to become joyful because that's his will. He wants us to be joyful people. And he created these neural pathways. And I find that fascinating. And I also love, so I'm a visual learner. I love your tree illustration and the fruit tree. And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking how I believe God created all of us to be like fruit trees, all right? So imagine that, that you're supposed to be a fruit tree, and it begins with us being planted. And first we have to be planted, and then once a, a tree is planted, it needs to be tended, right? So it needs to be watered, it needs to be fertilized, and sadly, sometimes it needs to be pruned, too, because you have to do all those things to bear much fruit. So we know that with fruit trees, and I think that's how we're supposed to be. So to be planted, I, I, I think placing our faith in Jesus Christ is like us being planted. When, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, we are planted in him. We receive his spirit at that time. And then um, our prayers, prayers really are, are much like um, our root system. So they represent uh, the roots of the, the tree, represent our prayers, and then the 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 trunk and the, and the branches, that really represents our thankfulness, our thankfulness. And then the fruit is, is represented really by the fruit. So joy, in this case, is, is represented by the fruit of the tree. And so we're to be planted. We're to um, be deeply rooted in prayer. We're to grow, to grow in thankfulness so that we might bear much fruit, that we might bear much fruit. That's God's will for us. And so I, I've been thinking about that, and I, I really love the, the picture that that presents. And then John and Sutton and I were trying to come up with a catchy little phrase that would help everybody to remember this. And so here's what we came up with, um, that we need to be rooted in prayer, we need to be rooted in thankfulness, and we need to be fruited in joy. All right? You with me? All right. Rooted in prayer, rooted and thankfulness, and fruited in joy. Now, some of you giggle because maybe you're not familiar with grooted, right? Well, we created this word, grooted. Um, have, have you seen um, the Guardians of the Galaxy? Anybody? You, you know Groot? He's like this tree-like creature, right? So to be grooted is to be growing, all right? This will be in the Webster's Dictionary, I'm sure, next year. Like when they come out with these new words that you need to learn. So grooted, we just created that. You guys are the first to know it. Write it down. Um, you can take great pride when you see that come out next year. So anyhow, um, the idea is that we are rooted, grooted, and fruited. All right? So that's God's will for you. Did you know that? That his will for you is to be rooted, grooted, and fruited. You'll never forget it now, will you? And so think about that. Like he, he wants us to be rooted in prayer to pray continually, rooted or growing in thankfulness, giving thanks in all circumstances, and fruited in joy, rejoicing always. And the way that begins, the way that transpires, is that it, we have to be planted. We need to have faith in Jesus Christ. That's God's will for all of us. So do you see how they all work together isn't God amazing? Like he states this in his word in the Bible, and yet he makes it a reality in our bodies 
and in our minds, in our spirits. They all work beautifully together to accomplish his will for us. And here's the thing. He wants us to be joyful people. He, he wants us to be like these fruit trees that just have so much fruit that, that they're just hanging low so that anybody can pick it. But a lot of us are not abounding in joy. And if you're not abounding in joy, I want you to think for a moment why that might be. Why that might be. Have you been planted through faith in Jesus Christ? Because it has to begin there. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you asked his spirit to come and live within you? If not, that's where you need to begin. But if you've done that and you still aren't abounding in joy, could it be that you you don't have deep-rooted prayers, that you're you're not super prayerful, that you're, you're not in this constant mode of talking to God and listening to God? Do you need to develop your root system and your prayer life? Maybe that's why you're not abounding in joy. Or, or perhaps it's a lack of thankfulness. Um, it's, it's easy to see all the things around us that aren't going so well, and that may be difficult, but um, maybe we need to work on, on really opening our eyes to all that we have to be thankful. Maybe that's why we're not abounding Enjoy. Think about that because God's will, God's will is for you to be rejoicing always, to be joyful people. And for that to happen, first you got to have a relationship with Jesus. Then you need to become more prayerful and more thankful because He wants you to be joyful. Let's pray. Dear God, thanks so much that um, your will for us. It is for us to be rooted, rooted, and fruited. You know, that is your will, and, and that begins with Jesus. And we thank you that um, you love us so much that, that you didn't even spare Jesus' life because you wanted us to be in a relationship with you through him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Stephanie, and, and thank you for the insights that you gave her. Thank you for the upbringing that she experienced that um, really led her and, and, and her mom, too, to, to write this book and to illustrate this book. And I thank you that while, while it, it may look like it's for children, it's for all of us, I believe. And I thank you for the way that you've created us with these neural pathways and that um, the more we spend um, just praying prayers of thanksgiving, the more that'll become a natural roadway to um, joyfulness. And so I, I pray that we would apply all this to our lives and that we would become the very men and women that you desire for us to be. We thank you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.